When AR plus VR no longer equals XR. Meet DR. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Amy Webb, Professor of Strategic Foresight at NYU's Stern School of Business, author, quantitative futurist, and CEO of the Future Today Institute. Welcome back, Amy. Hey, Tanya. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, love having you here. Remind our audience, if you will, what you do and your, what your team does at the Future Today Institute. The Future Today Institute is a strategic advisory firm. We focus on forces, signals, and trends and do scenario planning and scenario thinking uh, for organizations all around the world. FTI publishes a periodic newsletter that focuses on a specific trend or signal. And recently you wrote about the tech trend of diminished reality. Everyone is talking about extended reality. Why diminished? So this is a little counterintuitive, but it's actually a technology that almost everybody uh, is already familiar with. So if you've ever used noise canceling headphones or even a pair of analog sunglasses, you are familiar with the technology that powers diminished reality. So rather than adding something in, it takes something away. Now, here's where this gets really interesting. There are lots of new applications for DR or diminished reality that, uh, that range from things that you'll wear to things that will surround you. So some researchers in Singapore that have built a window that has noise canceling technology built into it. And essentially what it does is it detects the, the waveforms from let's say city noise outside and then automatically generates an anti-wave. So the opposite waveform, and that's what results in noise cancellation. So that's pretty cool. And there's some pretty wide ranging um, implications and applications that range from you know, noise canceling uh, windows in cars and on trains and you know, airplanes, um, but also anywhere where there might be glass used. So that's a restaurant, for example, uh, or an office building where you've got a lot of glass-based cubicles. But also if you live in a big city and you work in an office that has windows that maybe are part of an older building, you know how loud it is. I mean, our office is like super loud uh, in New York. Um, this means potentially that in the future, we don't just have noise canceling windows, but noise canceling buildings. And that we would be able to diminish the overall, you know, audio sound, the noise pollution uh, of our, our local environments, which is pretty cool. The other application comes in the form of glasses. So we know that lots of smart glasses are coming to market over the next 18 months, some of them from people and organizations that you know, like, you know, Facebook, potentially an Apple. Um, so DR is another um, key application that gets built in. And it allows you to sort of remove what's in the frame. So you could look at your office. I'm in my office right now, it's a mess. Um, I could remove the mess and just see the floor again. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, but you could also remove other things. So you could imagine being outside and seeing litter and having an application that erases litter in real time from your view. This is actually a little more technically complicated than I'm making it out to be, but there's been some tremendous work over the past 10 years in this space. You know, and so in the future, what would it mean if we remove the garbage or remove people in some way or another? There's probably good use cases. Removing other people from a busy restaurant, you know, would make it feel more intimate. 
Um, but giving people the opportunity to remove others, you know, out on the street, people that they may not feel like they want to see, um, could potentially desensitize us from reality as it actually exists. So many thoughts on that, but the wearables aspect really ties in with the coming demise of the smartphone, doesn't it? Right. So we built a model in 2018 showing that that year we thought was the beginning of the end of smartphones. And we got a lot of flack uh, for saying this and a lot of pushback and our data and our numbers and the model continue to hold true. Um, so it's, it, you know, it's not that people are not using their cell phones anymore, just the, the um, volume of new adoption or the volume of new sales um, has you know, plateaued and then started to diminish. That's not just in the United States. We're seeing similar numbers in Japan and elsewhere around the world. Um, so again, the, you know, it's not that people aren't using their devices, they're just using them longer and spending their money on peripherals. So we're seeing much higher rates of adoption in smart watches um, and other things. So I think the convergence of peripherals, better applications, and certainly glasses as they come to market, and glasses that look pretty cool, you know, versus previous editions we've seen in the past, um, will be an accelerant for, for diminished reality going forward. So where do you place uh, DR development and the scale of urgency for us to follow? Well, certainly augmented reality is... Uh, first of all, it exists, and so people are more familiar with it. There's probably... Um, greater opportunity there, but the DR pieces of this have more specific use cases, um, retailers especially, but also I think we're going to see a lot more experiential computing in the very near future, which means being able to personalize your surroundings um, using your sort of BYO um, technology. Uh, so again, having a different shared experience. Um, actually, here's a good example of this. Uh, do you buy any, you, I don't know if this ever, if you remember this at all, but there was a silent disco a long time ago. You know, silent disco is Tanya. No. I, I, I do not. Let me tell you what the cool kids were doing. <laughs> silent disco. It was, uh, you, everybody had, you would go into a club. There would be maybe four different DJs and everybody's got a different set of headphones and you can tune to whichever DJ that you want to listen to. And a lot of, it, some of them uh, were color coded so that you could sort of hook up with other people listening to the same music, but it allowed you to be in the same space with your friends, but listening to the music that you want to listen to. Anyhow, this was an early example of using digital technology um, in a physical space to customize your experience. And I think that's what we are going to start seeing in full force in the, in the next couple of years, just in a different way. How did I miss silent disco? I have no idea. I mean, I love disco. So anyway, yeah. um, where can people go to find your newsletters, Amy? Sure. So uh, we publish a weekly newsletter every week. It's a different tech trend, a set of scenarios and some insights. Um, and you can, you can subscribe to that on our website at futuretodayinstitute.com. And what about your 2021 tech trends report? How can we find that? That is also on the site. Uh, there are 12 individual tech trend reports this year, plus uh, a book explaining how we did everything. And it's all uh, open source. You can get that at futuretodayinstitute.com slash trends. And if you've never been to the Future Today Institute website, you should go there. There's so much information, such great resources, and Amy offers that for free. Amy Webb, Professor of Strategic Foresight at NYU Stern School of Business, author, quantitative futurist, and CEO of the Future Today Institute. If somebody wants to follow you personally, Amy, what's the best way they can do that? 
Sure. I'm at Amy Webb or at Amy Webb Futurist on just about all social networks, except for TikTok. However, I am on Discord. There you go. Win. Win, Amy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Tanya. And find more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or follow me at TanyaHall.net. Thanks for watching.